Well, hello, and welcome to a very special edition of either the Mind of George show, or you're watching this after it's been pulled off the podcast or held somewhere else, but still massively valuable on a breakdown of an incredible book called The Talent Code. And so you're probably going to hear this intro at the beginning of the first video or the first episode, and then you'll just have some reminders from that point on about why we're reading it and why it's so important. But I wanted to set some context to understand and speak to the importance of this and what I've learned personally from my coaches, myself, my successes, and how focusing on this has always been the biggest secret to success. And so I have a couple notes here to share with you overviewing this book, because when it comes to the talent code, I'm going to be referencing other books that we've talked about before. Uh, Mike McAllister's Clockworks with Queen Bee Roll, Bo Eason's book, There's No Plan B for Your A-Game, uh, Benjamin Hardy, Be Your Future Self Now, uh, Nicola Perez, Do the Work. And this book from uh, Daniel Coyle on the talent code is one of my favorite books on this whole topic. And this is a conversation that comes up quite frequently in my daily conversations with people, people have been asking on the podcast, they've been DMing us. And so we decided we were going to dedicate an entire series to break down the book, exactly what you should focus on, how you should focus on doing it with our models, things that we've given you for free. So you don't even have to read the book, but you can still get the benefit. And so for me, it's important for you to understand why listening and implementing more specifically what we talk about in this book, piece by piece, it's not the whole thing. It's like, if you pick up one part and that lands and you pick up the next part and that lands, you grab the pieces that work for you, but it's really important because it really uncovers the secrets behind developing your talents and becoming incredibly good at what you do. And so in the talent code, you'll learn about the science and skill building on how to unlock your potential. And the three concepts that you've heard me talk about before in different lenses is deep practice, ignition, and master coaching. And so deep practice means practicing with a purpose and focusing on improving specific skills. It shows you how to work hard and push yourself beyond your comfort zone to become better. This is where we have our wedge of expectations model that we teach you, that we've already given you, and the sacred lightkeeper quadrants come in. I've also made book recommendations on this, which is the book, The Wedge, by Scott Carney, and then the book, The Comfort Crisis, by Michael Easter. Ignition is all about finding your passion and motivation. It teaches you how to discover what really excites you and keeps you going. This is where your lighthouse beacon comes in and where your movement comes in. Once you've identified these, you'll be able to skyrocket your business to the next level. So your lighthouse beacon and your movement, this is what we teach at our events. This is the core foundation underneath customer journey. And then for you personally as an entrepreneur, Ignition is finding that thing that lights you up every day, irregardless of money, knowing you're doing this for the right reasons and filling your bucket, which is one of the secrets to generating success. And then the third bucket is master coaching. And that's about finding mentors and coaches who can guide you and help you grow. They have the knowledge and experience to support you on your journey. This is like someone like me or some of my close friends or my coaches, the people of the world, Alex Hermosi and Alex Sharfin and Rob Bailey and Keaton and, and all these incredible people, uh, Bradley, I could, I could name them all all day. And not these people that are going to give you the answers, not these people that are going to give you a fish and pretend to teach you how to fish. The people that have been there and that are honest with you and that tell you the path is ahead and show you the workout. And then when you stumble, they help you recover and they help you get back in the field and back in the arena. 
Because at the end of the day, coaching, finding coaches, entrepreneurs, people who have been where you want to go, isn't about them giving you the answers. It's about them giving you the tools and to change the way that you think about using them so that you can find your answers and your path to success. And so by listening to this series, you will literally pick up all the most valuable insights and strategies at the core of everybody's success, which is refining your skills, finding your passion, and having the ability to overcome challenges and roadblocks, which is the secret to winning the game. Because the more at-bats you can take and the more clarity you get with each one, the more likely you are to succeed. We lose when we allowed roadblocks to get in the way of our success, to put the walls up and force us to overthink and not take any actions to improve it. And so this whole series is going to be like having a roadmap to success in your entrepreneurial journey or in your life. And we'll be grouping in everything I've also been teaching you in the last 400 episodes along the way. And so this entire series is from The Talent Code by Daniel Coyle. And then in addition, all of the models, content, and things that we have for you to share that will help you as long as you take them and put them into practice. So on a final note, before we get into the first chapter, in the show notes of each episode, you'll be able to find links to past episodes where you're able to deepen your learning. If I mention a specific method or episode, I will be sure to link it in the show notes so you can click over and add that to your toolbox whenever you need it, whenever you use it, and then it's there for you at your disposal. So that's what I got to wrap this up. So let's wrap the intro, and then we'll get into the first chapter. Are you ready to ethically scale your business? Good, because this is the Mind of George podcast, where relationships beat algorithms and depth is the only direction when it comes to ethically scaling your business. Each Monday and Friday, I'll be the guy between your ears in the hoodie and pink shoes guiding you home, giving you the tools to extract, honor, and amplify your genius so you can be the light for your customers. Sound fabulous? Cool. Let's get into the episode. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. This is episode... 89, but it's also a special episode because it's chapter one of our breakdown of the talent code by Daniel Coyle. And this entire episode is going to be dedicated to deep practice. And so at the beginning of every one of these, I'll probably be giving a reminder Not I probably I will be giving a reminder. I think I said probably to buy myself a pass because I might forget it and I didn't write it in my notes. But that's a really funny break the fourth wall of my brain. But I'll be giving a reminder of the book. Um, like I did at the very beginning of this episode or in the intro series or in the intro video that you watched or the episode, the beginning of this episode. And so with this book, this book is an incredible roadmap for self-mastery to apply to every ounce of life and business for the things that actually move the needle and the things that make the greats greats, which is mastering ourselves and then applying those principles and those skills to any tool or any arena that we put our energy. And so in today's episode, we're going to be diving into the first chapter of the talent code and this concept of deep practice. This is a term commonly thrown around and something I've talked about before without truly defining what it means in tangible terms. Um, I remember I used to talk about uh, deep work by Cal Newport. I have talked about Masogi's and the book, The Comfort Crisis. I've talked about future self-journaling. I've talked about this through the lens of personal development, but in this book, it's absolutely incredible. And we're going to be kind of giving it a meaning in tangible terms. 
And so deep practice first is different for everyone as we're all on completely different journeys. For me, when I think about that, one of the reasons I obsess so much about principles and behaviors is that they're applicable to everybody, irregardless of what journey they're on. But your deep practices could look like very, very drastically different things. And so today, I'm going to make sure that you walk away with a full understanding of what deep practice is, why it's important to incorporate into your daily routine, and how you can start to create your own practice. And on one note of this, when I say why this is important to incorporate in your daily routine, what I'm really saying is why I would require you and have you bet your life and depend your life on doing them every day level of importance because... In doing this for 40 years, this walking around in this existential meat suit that I was so heavenly gifted with and I love and appreciate every single day, no matter how many challenges I've come up against, no matter how many teachers, coaches, failures, successes, every single time I've always ended up in the same place with the same lessons reflected back to me from all those incredible people that I look up for mentorship. And it always, always comes down to the resistance, the pain, the lack of clarity, and all the collateral damage that came with those hard situations was either amplified, exacerbated, or started because I fell out of my daily deep practices. And that is across the board for everybody. So when I say understanding the importance of this, I would say that my entire life now depends on the level of depth and integrity that I keep with my practices and that directly reflects in everything else in my life and can dictate its success or ease across the board. So let's talk about what deep practice is. So deep practice by Daniel is characterized by focused and deliberate effort to improve specific skills. It's a key factor in talent development and mastery. And so if you look at people like Alex Hermosi or Alex Sharfin, for example, they have both gone through the process of developing their talent and mastering it. So Alex Sharfin, numero uno, somebody I love and respect deeply. He is an absolute tactician and master when it comes to operational efficiency, like at a level that is hard for me to comprehend. And when I hear him speak, it's like he is speaking from a Bible. And then when his staff speaks and his customers speak, they speak from the same Bible. And so the level of mastery from him is being able to hand that down and have people execute it all and understand it. And then him have a hundred more levels. Like that's, that's Alex Sharfin. And then Alex Hermosi is the same way. And Alex and Alex's book, a hundred million dollar offers and the way that his brain works and him and Layla and what they've built. It's, it, it's, it, it they come around once in a hundred years and you look at it and it's not because they were born with it. It's because they like literally worked at it and uncovered every stone. And that's Alex Hermosi when it comes to offers and structure and every single thing that it comes to business. And then you take my friend Rob Bailey, who literally every single time he picks up anything that sparks his interest, he immediately gets into deep practice and mastery. And this man has like hundreds of millions of streams on Spotify as a musician. He owns race cars. He owns multiple companies. He's founded and launched them all. He's built warehouse, like gyms out of warehouses and lived in that warehouse while live streaming and printing t-shirts and then built 
literally one of the most beautiful, successful apparel brands. And like every single thing that that comes from is that level of deep practice when it gets down into it. And so all of them, and I could name a lot more, have gone through the process of developing their talent. And then once they've found it, mastering it. And I will say for me, I used to be the king of finding a talent and only getting 90%. I was good at starting it, but mastery scared me. Um, And so then I would go find something else. And it wasn't until I started to really lean in around marketing and customer journey and my practices and and staying consistent with them and getting them to the finish line that things started to change. And so why is deep practice so important? And for me, I like to break things down because I want to understand how things work to be able to talk about them and explain them so I don't feel so crazy all the time. And so specifically, and what I love about Daniel is he breaks down enough of the science to make me feel dangerously competent to talk about it, uh, but I'm not. So if you want to read the book, read the book, but this is the summary. So scientifically, deep practice emphasizes the role of myelin, which is something that I'm familiar with because of my brain injuries. Uh, But it's a substance that wraps around neural circuits in reinforcing and strengthening the connections that support skill acquisition. But because that is something that we don't see, I wanted to share with you some things that you will see. And so where deep practice will positively impact your business. You'll be able to enhance your abilities in areas such as leadership, sales, marketing, negotiation, and problem solving. Now, what do I mean by that specifically? Well, heard, you've heard me talk about um, the book, The Wedge by Scott Carney. And in that book, what we talk about and what he talks about is how you can train your autonomic nervous system to when it's triggered or under increased amounts of triggers, right, from the outside world, then instead of your subconscious reacting, you can sit with that emotion and then choose your ability to respond. And so when deep practice and says enhances your abilities, enhances your capacity, right? Alex Sharfin says, you don't have the business you want because you haven't become the person to run it. And now looking back, I remember like when I got my first tax bill, and that was like $11,000 and I'd never paid taxes in my life. And I had a panic attack. And for 30 days, I felt like my life was over. Uh, and then I'll never forget a couple years later when I got hit with a $240,000 tax bill um, that I literally had no idea. I had saved like 50 grand and I learned some very valuable lessons, but the feeling was the same, but it lasted a lot less. And then, you know, a year ago we get hit with a multiple hundred million dollar lawsuit and we went surfing. Uh, the feeling was the same, but my relationship with it was very different. And so that's one of the ways in which it works. And so then you'll be able to strive for mastery in your respective fields, right? So this is where differentiation comes into play because your mastery through skills and expertise allows you to refine your craft and continuously improve, but it doesn't set you apart from others in your industry just because of that. What ends up happening is that when you get to a level of mastery and you understand how things work, you now have all the tools in your own kitchen, and then you can change the way in which you use those tools and add your personalization to those tools or develop your own new tools because you have mastered the base set. So now you start to buy your time back and become more efficient. And it's incredible because that literally just comes through repetition. You'll be able to better embrace mistakes as opportunities for growth and develop resilience and perseverance in the face of obstacles, right? And so to summarize this one, when we think about business, you know, it's it's an incredible reminder. And there's a book from Benjamin Hardy and Dan Sullivan called The Gap in the Gain. 
But what tends to happen is we'll be in business and we'll set these lofty goals of like, oh, yep, we're going to do $100,000 and then we'll do 70. And instead of being grateful and celebrating the 70 and realizing that a lot of things worked to get to that 70, we get pissed that we didn't make 100. We throw out all the baby with the bathwater and then we do it again because we weren't willing to look at the mistakes, which also didn't allow us to see the things that worked. And typically that comes from self-mastery and being able to separate yourself personally from the things that you're doing in your business and seeing yourself as an athlete that can get coaching and improve on the regular. And that's not because you're bad and wrong. That's not because you're a failure. It's because you're learning and every day you learn and get better. But if you don't have deep practice, you don't have that relationship with yourself to be able to look at that and play the game. And so then specifically, with deep practice, you'll also be able to align yourself with a growth mindset. So getting clear on your goals and where you want to go. And then anytime you feel off kilter, having somewhere to plug back in and emphasize the belief that the abilities that you need and that you want can continually be developed through effort and practice. Okay. And so for me, what it helps me do is when I'm off or when I'm having scarcity or when I'm, you know, let's just call it off kilter. It allows me to find my way to get back aligned and confident in my skills, knowing that I've, I knew this path and I know what's going to happen and I'm, I'm committing to a workout and I'm not going to want to go to the gym every day and I'm going to be tired. But when I can start to understand that when I feel those feelings, it's okay to feel them. And also when I align back to the deep practice, that's also the behavior that will allow me to process them and then grow and get rid of them. And so how? How do we develop a deep practice? Well, I'm going to say how I did it, and then I'm going to read my notes. Um, because the first thing for me to develop a deep practice was me to stop lying to myself. And I was the king of writing checks to myself with lip service that I never intended to cash, right? I, I knew there became a point in my life, and this was only a couple of years ago, where I started to recognize that I was too busy telling everybody what I wanted to be the master at or what I was claiming to be the master at. And instead of being the master at it, I was too busy talking about it. And I started to realize that I was doing that because I was setting these massive goals and I was assuming that there was just a finish line and I was looking at it the wrong way. And I thought I had to like learn in private and then only show off or talk about it when I was there. And I was missing the whole point of the game. And so for me, the house started with being like, okay, cool. Like, what do I really want to do? Like, what do I really want to be good at? Like, who do I really want to be, right? I've recommended books for you, like Vivid Vision. Uh, once again, Benjamin Hardy, Personality Isn't Permanent, or Be Your Future Stuff Now, things like that. But I really had to start there. And I had to start to look at like where I wanted to be in a couple of years, like two years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road. And not from a place of how much money is in the bank account or how many cars I have or what businesses are here, how many clients or whether I'm doing events. No, no, like from who I want to be as a man and as a person and then what behaviors, right? Or what what things could I be doing now that would help me be better set up to be that man or to become that man? And And when I was able to do that, I got to be really honest and realize that, okay, I'm starting a marathon, but I can't run it on day one. And I had to take my own advice. I'm like, cool, like what's the first bite? And when I started getting real about the first bite, this is where the wedge of expectations came in. That's when I was able to start consistently keeping the how without distracting myself. And so when the reps are there, 
in order for the reps to be effective, they have to be aligned with workouts or behaviors that are going to get us where we want to be in the future, not from trying to get us away from where we used to be in the past, right? And that's where future self-journaling, personalities impermanent, all that stuff comes in again, okay? So it's about putting her in the reps. So it's going back up to home plate time and time again to swing once more. We talk about consistency over and over again, and this is where it comes into play. Consistently showing up, putting in the reps, and focusing on developing your talent, whatever that may be. Whether you do Facebook ads, you sell products, you design art. As I mentioned in a previous episode, art is only finished when you say it is. And one of the favorite things that... Um, one of the favorite things that uh, um, my publisher told me, sorry, I, I was like going from art to publisher. One of my favorite things that my publisher told me was that the only time a book is ever finished is when you decide to write the conclusion because stories are never done. And I think with deep practice, I think with mastery, that's also something that we have to understand. There's never a finish line. We're just looking for mile markers to measure growth and then figure out the next area that we want to grow in, right? And so deep practice involves pushing oneself slightly beyond the comfort zone, making mistakes, and as we talked about, engaging in targeted repetitive practice to refine skills, which is where the wedge of expectation comes in. And so for me, I realized my deep practice was basically split up into four areas that were important to me. My mindset, right? My mind, my body, my being, and my business. And so for me, what I did is I identified in each area two to three things that were important that if I did them every single day, no matter what, it would help me master the things that matter to me. And in the mind, I have my stillness, some personal development. In my body, I have my physical fitness, my food, my sleep. In my being, I have uh, some more personal development, but ways that I give it back to the world. And in my business, I just have my three needle movers every single day. And so then with those needle movers and in each behavior, I take the wedge of expectations and I make a minimum commitment and a maximum commitment. And I set that as my baseline. And so when I set that as my baseline, that's my daily minimum commitment. And that's minimum. That's me protecting my practice. And then I always want to add more and do more in the business and in my areas when I can. But I also always protect the floor and I make sure that that's the most important thing. And so now whether I have those baseline behaviors, if I'm ever off or I'm having a bad mood or I can't process something, I can look at it and be like, well, I haven't done my mindset stuff today. I didn't do my physical body stuff. And I always have a behavior to go back to that gets me back into practice, that gets me back into progress and gets me back into learning. And so that's how I do it. And so for you to develop a deep practice, you have to get clear and set specific goals for your skill development or your mastery and break them down into manageable tasks and create a structured practice routine and dedicate regular time for deliberate practice. So this is how I just explained that for me. So my sacred light keeper quadrants, right? Let's just say I have four behaviors I do every day. One in my mind, one in my body, one for my state of being, and one for my business. In my mind, for my stillness practice, what I do to make it manageable is I set a minimum of 10 minutes a day and a maximum of an hour a day. In my body, for my workout, I set a minimum of a 10-minute walk outside a day and a maximum of an hour in the gym every day, right? So those are my floors and ceilings in my wedge of expectations. And I map them all out, and then I open my calendar, and I commit to those behaviors for 90 days. And those behaviors are the baseline. Those are no matter what else is going on, those have to be done. And then that's my daily protection. And I protect that every single day. And then in that, 
I'm working in the business, right? I'm adding more podcasts. I'm doing those things. And if I ever get off kilter, I go back to those behaviors until I get clear on how to remedy the business situation. And so for you, you have to get clear on who you want to be in the future. This could be through the business. This could be through your physical fitness. This could be through any area. And so the goal is to pick one area and start developing a practice by putting these behaviors into place and then protecting that over everything else. And that's remembering that commitment isn't feelings. And yes, it's going to be hard. There are plenty of days where it's hard and our bodies are going to tell us not to go, but it's in not going that what's making it hard stays longer. And we always have to take the next bite. And so we make sure the next bite is aligned to who we want to be in the future, not who we were in the past. And that comes from thinking about it and then developing the plan now when you feel good. So then when you don't feel good, you can remind yourself of the plan and go take that next bite, no matter how big or small it is, which protects your progress and moves you forward. So that's what I got for today. That's how we're going to wrap deep practice. And so my, my invitation for you is this. Take this, put it into action, find a behavior. Start practicing it immediately and protect your progress over the perfection and make it a part of your day. So remember that relationships will always be algorithms. This has been another episode of the Mind of George Show. I will see you in the next episode. You will hear me in your earballs, but either way, we're out. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.